0: It's your host, Katie, and this is Tea on the Rocks. Happy Thursday or whatever day it is when you find yourself with my voice in your ears. Here at Tea on the Rocks, we discuss everything from navigating career changes to friendship breakups with a healthy dose of the fun, the feminine, and the basic. And really, whatever I feel like talking about. (laughs) Follow me on Instagram at TOTR underscore podcast. Hello, hello everyone. We're back with another episode of season two. Um, better late than never is what I always say. You know how you go to the store, you go to Walmart, and you're not really sure what you're going to get for dinner or whatever, and you kind of let Walmart tell you when or what you're going to get for dinner. That's kind of how I'm approaching the podcast lately. Like, I I love it. I I really do. But, you know you just, you kind of got to go with the flow, right? Like I feel like I get so hard on myself for not recording, um, you know, every two weeks or every week or every three weeks or whatever. But it's like, it's like I've said in like the five past episodes that I've done, like nobody's screaming for it. And I'm just, I feel like you guys would rather me put out authentic content and you know what? Like I feel like with my own podcasts that I follow and YouTube channels and such, it's like, it's always a little more special when it's like spaced apart because you can kind of talk a little more and maybe those who do loyally listen are just like, yeah, awesome. Like, let me put this on right now. You know what I mean? Call it marketing, call it laziness. It's just the vibe. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so now just a little heads up. This is either going to be the third to last or second to last episodes of season two. I am trying to get my poop in a group here, okay? I'm thinking after my next episode, I won't be back until September, I know that's a while away, but there's still a few more episodes to come and I have a super crazy summer ahead of me. My last episode, I'd like to be the long awaited chat with my mom. She would be the first guest, um, not really like a guest podcast, but like she is my mom. And I really want to like sit down and have a little unofficial interview with her and just talk about author life and just maybe in general Like what's going on in her life, what she's up to. And I also know that I said I'd batch record episodes and I just like absolutely never did, but that's okay. I'm fine with it. I also wanted to let you guys know that I think I'm going to integrate more like lifestyle stuff onto my Instagram just to like space up that, like not that I've been like releasing content like crazy, but I feel like... Not that I'm a brand (laughs) per se, but like I feel like my personality is more than just like little text posts that you see on my feed. And so, you know, you might see the odd selfie or the odd like cat video or pogo video or just me and John or like lots of stories. I think I'm going to start posting a lot more like kind of what I'm doing in the middle of the day on my stories and I definitely want to post a lot of Toronto stuff and I was kind of thinking to myself like is that even appropriate like it's a podcast episode or a podcast account so like why am I posting things not related to the podcast but I think you know I'm the host of the podcast and it's about my life just kind of like lifestyle vloggy stuff so I'm just like why not infuse that a little bit more into the supporting content if you will so there's that um mercury retrograde has sure been something this time around i feel like with everything that i do i am just like banging my head against a wall um there's been a lot of good things too like lots of funny little like coincidental things a few months ago i ordered air tags like the apple little tracking device things. They just look like little circles. And you know, I'm gonna be honest with you. I was, like I was half in the bag and I was like, you know what? Ear tags would be awesome. And they they were like pricey. Like they were $150 for four. And I just got like super concerned about like my suitcases on the flight. And I was just like, I need to have these. Like obviously when I'm half a bottle of wine deep, I just have the strong thoughts and feelings about these things. So um, I ordered them and I know this is like so extra and just like I'm embarrassed to even say it, but I got them engraved with like my favorite emojis and my initials and (laughs) just too much. And I ordered them off of the Apple Canada website, like just, you know, straight from the horse's mouth, right? So uh, they were shipped from Shanghai which was at that time I think maybe still is going through like a pretty heavy lockdown and and things that were leaving eastern China were having a hard time so I it it never ended up coming they never they never arrived like said it shipped but then there was no pro there was no progress so I called Apple support and they were really nice and I was like you know I Totally understand. Um, I don't think they're coming. (laughs) I don't think they've even been made yet. Like, I don't know. You know what? Like, just go ahead and refund me and I'll just get them like from Best Buy or something. And she's like, oh yeah, no problem. And so that was that. I never really did go to Best Buy because I figured I'd probably just get them closer to when I leave. And I ended up getting them in the mail. They came like a couple of weeks ago that I'd already been refunded. And I was like, listen, listen, Linda, like it's, if it was like a MacBook or an iPhone or a really high value item, I would have called to make things right. (laughs) But it wasn't that much money. Well, relatively speaking, um, in comparison to the rest of their products and they were engraved. So what are they going to do with them? They can't resell them so I just like didn't say anything (laughs) and I kept them so I got free air tags that's nice and I put one on my keychain in my purse put one on John's keychain and but like you know what air tags are kind of scary too and there's even a warning like when you first activate the air tag that it's like against several laws to like track people without their consent um and people do that like they will um with nefarious intentions they'll get air tags and they're like put them underneath cars and um like in purses and things and just like track where you're at and i've seen it a lot on tiktok but it will like tell you um like if you're ever unsure or you suspect, like if you have like a supporting iPhone, like an iPhone, like, I don't know, 8 or newer, um, it'll say an AirTag is moving with you. So you know, like your iPhone will know that there's an AirTag close to you that isn't registered to one of your devices. So at least there's that. But it's like, it's kind of scary because they are very accurate. I, I told John that I was... Like just, I just wanted to see, like, because he had it on his keychain, and he went to work, and it really gives you like up to the minute information about where your AirTag is. So take that with a grain of salt. Now I want to segue a little bit, and I want to discuss pelvic floor health, and I don't think this gets enough attention. Um, I listened to a few podcasts and seen a little bit around, but I just really don't think it's talked about enough. So I have a hypertonic pelvic floor and my life has changed quite a bit since learning about my pelvic floor issues. I started experiencing symptoms in August of 2020 and a hypertonic pelvic floor is basically just very tight muscles down there. Um, and it, I guard, it's called guarding, or in other words, I, I clench, or I used to clench quite a bit, stress, trauma, that sort of thing. Uh, hypertonic pelvic floor can be caused by emotional trauma, of which I've had a plenty, or physical trauma, which I've thankfully not experienced. So like horseback riding, cycling, like those who spin might experience issues. Um, but like, the pelvic floor is a unique group of muscles because if you sprain um, or injure in any way a muscle on any other part of your body, you rest, right? Like you'll put your feet up or you or you won't use your arm or, or you'll, you know, take care of your neck a little bit more. You won't turn it. Um, the pelvic floor doesn't have that luxury. Like it's still in use a lot of the time, and it's, um, how can I say this without sounding like an idiot? It is, if, like, if it's hurt or if it feels injured, it guards more to prevent further injury, which makes it worse. Your other muscles don't really do that. Maybe your neck muscles might and your back muscles maybe, but the rest of your body... No, like you can rest the muscle and not use it. And it's not going to tense up further in order to protect itself. It's a really unique part of the body. So that's why pelvic floor issues go on for so long because people who aren't sure how to deal with it or aren't in treatment or just like, don't really think of it. Like they're consistent, consistently guarding and clenching and, 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 Just it's like that brain, like your brain feels like unsafe in some way. So it's really interesting. Um, I also think a lot of people think that pelvic floor dysfunction is really only for women or birthers who have had a vaginal birth and that Kegels are the only solution. It's definitely like those who have had vaginal births are very much... (laughs) more at risk for pelvic floor issues, but it usually goes the other way. Like the muscles will be a little too relaxed or they might be a little too tight. Like it really just depends. It's very individualized, right? Like everybody's body is different. Um, So certainly like a traumatic event, like birth can be a catalyst for pelvic floor issues. It can happen just from, you know, stress, emotional stress, physical trauma the symptoms that i experienced were like frequent urination, but lots of of peeing, like and like nervous peeing and i think my bladder was very much trained to just like like really you're supposed to wait till your bladder is about 100% or like 90% to pee, but the more that you pee or the more that you do those just in case pees before you leave the house like the le- the the further desensitize your bladder becomes to actually being full. So a good rule of thumb is tr- try to go like once every two hours or or a little longer. So yeah, my symptoms were kind of like a burning pain, knife like pain. Like it was a very odd. It felt like I think one of the nerves, the pudendal nerve, was very irritated um, when I first experienced my symptoms. So it felt like like a dull knife against the wall of my like vagina. Like, sorry, TMI, but that's what I felt like. Difficulty with uh, PIV intercourse, which is honestly something that I've had for years. Uh, restlessness, like a fullness feeling, and just like other unpleasant symptoms. And there's so many muscles and nerves and fascia and connective tissue and like organs down there that like it's it's like such a domino effect for if if you feel a little bit tense and you continue to have that tension it can really kind of get worse before it gets better and it's so like i had a lot like i said i had a lot of bladder sensitivity and it's just so odd and fascinating to me how pelvic floor dysfunction because of the, the muscle issues and how it's so unique to each individual, like it can mimic conditions like UTIs or interstitial cystitis or whatever that is, uh, just because of the strained muscles. And I even thought I had these conditions at some point, but the symptoms have relaxed. Um, and I'm not really prone to UTIs. And I started really feeling kind of like UTI-ish and like very like kind of burny. And that was just the the muscles, like the, the connective tissue, putting a strain on that area. So I know that was kind of a ramble, but what helped me was engaging in like low impact exercise, like walking, uh, pelvic physiotherapy, mental health therapy, stretching, deep breathing. I did use dilators at one point, but I don't love them and I'm not sure how much it's helped. I still will every now and again, but um, I don't use them right now. And it's something I think I'll always have to deal with on some level. And it's caused me to really evaluate like how I approach my life from a physic physical standpoint. I definitely think about what I consume and ways to like I guess augment my physical reality. <laughs> Like, I like taking vitamins like B12 and vitamin D in the morning and then at bedtime I'll take like magnesium, St. John and iron to kind of relax. I take a magnesium salt bath every single night to relax the muscles um, and just get that heat on the area, which has really been a game changer. Like, if you have pelvic pain or chronic pain in general, salt baths are game changers. Like... It's it's the salts like it makes the water a little like softer kind of and it relaxes you and it relaxes your muscles and I, I just swear by it. It also helps a little bit with water retention. I drink a ton of water pop and sweetener seem to aggravate my bladder even more than like liquor does to be honest with you so I avoid those although fizzy water seems fine in moderation I don't I I'm not even sure it's the carbonation I'm sure it's just like the ingredients (laughs) in pop and you know I used to be very spontaneous and adventurous and I still am but I think my pain issues have made me live a little bit more slowly and not redline it all the time when I'm trying to have fun like, I used to take lots of spontaneous trips and, like, little weekend trips and such. And, like, that's hard on your body. Like, traveling is hard on your body. And I don't think people realize it. Um, I'm sure if you do have chronic pain or deal with some sort of chronic issue that you need to, like, adjust your lifestyle around, like, you do you do get it. Um, but it's, it's, it's hard to explain to people. And you don't want to be that, like, Debbie Downer who's like, oh, you know, my... but your friends will understand, whoever your your spouse will understand. Like, you have to travel with people that are understanding that you might not be 100% each day. You try your best, right? Like, you want to make sure you have a good time, but, like, traveling is really, like, a, not a trigger per se, but I really just have to, like, have that downtime and, make sure I can have baths and and that sort of thing, so I'm able to really um, enjoy my time there to the best that I'm able to, if that makes sense. And lately, and this is sort of segueing from that, I have been feeling a little burnt out. I think I've mentioned this a couple times, and it's not for lack of drawing. You know, like I try to have a really firm routine, uh, I try to eat well, exercise. Um, I'm just like a little tired, a little cranky. I feel like I assign a lot of self-worth to my work and I'm really trying to compartmentalize work for my personal life, but it's hard when you're always on and there's no set end time. Like I'm not clocking in and clocking out. And there's a concept out there called work-life integration, which is basically the sacrifice of standard work hours for usually a higher income and the freedom to do what you want during the day. So those in like the tech sales field or influencers, YouTubers, freelancers, um, like you're still working, but you kind of set your own schedule. Uh, and it's great because you do have the freedom to do errands and work out and visit friends and family. It's great. I'm really thankful for it. Like hashtag blessed and all that. But the stress of building my business, like the sales aspect of it is difficult. Not to mention the lack of community and like. A work soundboard like if you work in an office or work in a retail environment or a food environment you know that if something happens you can almost immediately find like your work pal and go and like discuss what happened and figure out a way to deal with it or just you know complain <laughs> like that's valid too and I do have a lot of like slack groups and facebook groups and like, just general communities that I can and have done that. But it isn't the same as being able to just, like, walk up to someone and be like, oh, this happened, like, I'm just, I need some advice, you know? Um, Or I need to vent, or just, like, can you believe what this person did, or whatever. So, yeah, like, with work-life integration, you do sacrifice that sort of connectivity and team building like you know what I mean and I feel like having a team also helps you kind of further your career in some ways it's like a network right so yeah I do and it's nice to be able to just clock out be done for the day and have that mental freedom of being like okay I don't have to worry about this until tomorrow or, or the next time I work I usually try and start working around between the hours of like three and six, but there's still that always, that that niggling, well, you have to do X, Y, Z, and it like sucks. And it kind of makes me like, just, it makes me feel like I don't like it as much, like, like writing or, or do whatever, but I know that's not true because I do really like writing. I do like what I do. It's just that like Sunday sads feeling I get And it's almost like having Sunday sads all the time, sometimes. Like especially if I'm just having like a rough couple weeks. It's not always like that. But yeah, so but if I had to weigh it all in the balance, I do really value my freedom. And I do value being able to get up and take a walk in the middle of the day or go to the superstore or whatever. Um, and I know some of you are listening and you're like, Katie, like literally get over yourself, like stop complaining. (laughs) Like I know that working from home is the ideal, and it's really important to be cognizant of, like, you know, count your blessings and all. That. <laughs> like, I, I just don't want to be one of those idiots who are just like, "I'm so grateful <laughs> because I am." I just don't want to sound disingenuous. Like, I want to be realistic about the like realities, if you will, of working from home. That is, I think, where I'm going to leave it off for today. I'm um, really happy to be in front of the mic, chat with you guys. I cannot imagine that I will be putting anything out before I go away. So we might get a little bit of plog action in Toronto, maybe. Um, but definitely lots of Instagram stories. And I know I've said this before, like I'm actually serious. Like I'm. I will be posting Instagram stories and just, like, kind of taking you guys along for the ride a little bit. And I am just excited to be on a plane. Our flight is on Tuesday at 5.15 from the massive Fredericton International Airport. I actually don't know if it's international, don't quote me on that, please. and it's like we've got one gate. It's very much, uh, very much a small town vibe. They actually renovated it recently, and it looks good. But so yeah, it's gonna be John and I, and he is very excited. We're staying at the Courtyard in downtown Toronto. It's gonna to be lots of Ubers, lots of walking, which I which I like, and I think we're gonna to go to the CN Tower and the Aquarium and. Uh, the Dundas Square, the Dundas and Young Square, I think, which I think for Canadians, is kind of like the Times Square of Canada, so pretty excited. Wait, there's a lot more like I have a list of restaurants that I want to go to that I've seen in like lifestyle vlogs and TikToks and such, so I'm just gonna be... I'm just gonna live my best like influencer life. Like, I've got a huge list of places I want to try. Um, And you know exactly what I mean, right? Like, you're watching a vlog and it's like these low exposure moments. uh, You know, somebody's birthday party and they're all like drinking these like $20 drinks. um, You know, with like a half shot of liquor in it and... Just, it's it's just the vibe, (laughs) you know what I mean? So, I'm really excited. Like I said, I'm gonna leave it there. And thank you so much for listening. I'll see you next time on Tea on the Rocks.